Oh, hello. Did you think I'd left, miss me? As a man once said. When I first took this post all I wanted was to be anywhere else. Anywhere but here, but now five years later this has become my home and you, my family. Leaving you is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I want you to know. I promise. I will not rest until I stand with you again. Here. In this place where I belong. It's time to fool you with my simulation of feelings. And hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest Star Trek show to actually show a war, I guess. Oh, but anyways, with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Deep, Deep Space, space Nine. And Deep my name space is Wayne nine. Bowen. These are Deep podcasts that try men's souls. Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. 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 He was he was leaving the space as a message. To let us know that he's going to keep saying Johnny Deep Space Nine. Yes, we are talking about an episode called Call to Arms. Call to Arms. To arms. Call to Arms. <laughs> Call. The final episode of Season 5 of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, this is actually episode 26. It originally aired June 16th, 1997. And here is the IMDb description. With the continuing battalions of the Jem'Hadar entering the Alpha Quadrant in preparation for war, Sisko decides to mine the wormhole to prevent further troop movement. And then it's got to see full summary. So, but uh, <laughs> so in October 2015, we all got together for the first time in a long time, and we said, "Let's do a podcast about Deep Space Nine. And up until now, I've tried to like, why did we want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I apparently I uh, in my mind uh, in my mind of remembering Deep Space Nine, the show basically started with this episode. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. Yeah, we were texting earlier, and and, and it dawned on it's oh man, James, you're obviously gaslighting me. <laughs> <laughs> and I about fell for it. We're like James, like this episode sucks. I was like, what you son of a bitch? What the fuck? Are, you, are we watching the same show? I was like, oh wait a minute. Okay. I see what I watched it a third time. I was like, okay, there's no way, James. Okay. <laughs> I made you watch it twice more. I watched it three times of my own volition because it's it's, it's a great episode. Yeah, like, this is because he was preparing on what James would. He was preparing this is, counter maneuvers. Yeah. Like, it's like I James... gave him a faulty discovery. <laughs> oh, like it a was a faint within a faint, James. Yes, I think it that's was. A... Yes. No, I. This is this is probably one of the best, if not the best episode. I don't know. It feels like the best episode. It's pretty damn satisfying. It's like a culmination of pretty much every subplot and arc in the series 
is dealt with in this episode, it feels like. You know, like, it moves through things fast, but, like, it hits every character that you need to hit. Even, like, the, like, Zial and, like, even the ones they didn't have to, they still gave oh, a moment. Oh, I can't, oh I, I, I'm all wrapped up in Zial for, for the first time ever at <laughs> this one. Whoa. I'm surprised they didn't uh, give you, like, uh, some information on where Liquidator Brunt was. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> we don't, yeah, Morn and Liquidator Brunt are having some sort of shenanigans with the Grand <laughs> the Nagus. The table is set with everybody on it, so, yeah. Yeah. This is a pretty extraordinary episode, I think. It doesn't move, and, and it does. It shows you how how TV doesn't need all these episodes to be good because this episode was pretty <laughs> flat on its feet. Light on its feet. It moved a lot of ground. It was just yeah, it yeah. And I, you get the feeling that they were ready to write this episode. Yeah, yeah. In the way that, like, that was like I've been complaining about wheel spinning, and like you get the feeling that they were just ready to sort of break this episode out. For whatever reason. And it, it really... It's nice. It's nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, I when I <laughs> when your gaslighting was working on me, I was like, James, this is doing everything you were complaining it wasn't doing before. <laughs> it's like, how are you? It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't... I, I, <laughs> I, I struggled to keep it up. <laughs> we, we were arguing about another show, and I just folded this into that one. So it was... Uh, uh, okay. yeah. I was trying to, like, uh, keep your keep your eye going a little bit. <laughs> No, this episode's, uh, I mean, I don't even know, I don't even think I have a controversial take. I think it's silly that they just came up with the idea that minds can replicate, like, in a room. I, uh, what? I, what? I thought that was, I had some... <laughs> no, I think it's ballsy, I think it's cool, but it, it seems like it's one of those ideas that someone would have had once the replicator was invented. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've yeah, got, yeah, yeah, I've got some angry nerd corner thoughts on that, but... And then I did the work to think like a little bit more. Well, if bombs can be replicated, then why can't ships be replicated? <laughs> and then when you go ship, when you, when someone says shields are at ten percent, why don't everybody go into like a black box and then like the ship explodes and then it regenerates a new ship and then everybody gets out of the black box? <laughs> like, like well, there's little you stuff. Saw, that you, can... you saw how big those uh, mines are. They're they're not giant replicators, right? To, but but a ship could carry a bigger replicator, right? I don't know. You're wondering, like, why aren't big replicators a thing? Is that well, if I'm hearing you correctly? Why don't they make a way that ships can replicate? <laughs> Clearly, science hasn't accomplished that yet. At least parts. They do Let, have. Let's say that you're in a. Are in you a, one of those a, assholes that suggests that because 3D printing exists, you should be able to 3D print a car at home and like literally steal a car? <laughs> I'm saying like maybe they, someone that will, just, someday that will be their 3D printing minds. I'm just saying, why don't they build the planes out of the out same of the material as the black box? <laughs> but and then the other thing um is that you could do it for parts let's say that um yeah. in a future episode i don't know uh, a ship is stranded without a light drive and they're 47 years away 17 years away from home maybe they could replicate a warp drive i'm just saying uh, well um pushing my glasses up my nose there are some things that can't be replicated. We mm -hmm. learned that from just that Impacnar episode. So maybe there's ah, that's certain true. parts in a ship. There are some things that can't replicate. Like dilithium, yes. I'm sure it can't be replicated. And it can't be replicated. Yet. But the dilithium wasn't the broken and never mind. That's, 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 that's for the absolutely for the we next went, episode. We there's a lot of there's this this is 
this episode is crammed like from like yeah. you know from the get go with with good stuff. Um, what what's the first scene? I can't even remember what the first scene is. I watched this again like a <laughs> um, second time today. I don't everybody's caught up. Uh, the first scene is is that old Rising traditional. Oh, about the I'm not <laughs> going to show my titties at the wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's I don't know who did the artwork for that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know for a pinup model for a Rizian pinup of the Rizian traditional wedding dress number one hundred fifty. It was Carmine it's, Infantino. Who who was the classic artist that did all the porn? Wally Wood. Wally Wood did it. it so we we get that scene where they're basically the wedding is really important, and they ask right. they ask uh, Captain Zisco to officiate. Yeah, and oh, it, which is basically like a, asking your pope like you're marrying into a catholic right. family and then so and then your wife your fiance wants you to ask the pope to marry you are we gonna have saint augustine marry yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but you know the the pope has written a letter for your son to join starfleet and that's true you guys are on good yeah. um i do think that like my favorite subtle read of all since i'm just not doing nothing but praising avery brooks's acting at this point it's his response to that was like the best acting. It was just the subtle little, like, cause you know, cause the joke oh, yeah, is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know exactly. Cause Ron goes yes. up and says, uh, you know, will marry you marry me? me? Will you marry and me? And then he just kind of goes, he just kind of lets out a little, like a little a choked laugh. Would you marry me? At, uh, at whoever he's talking to war for O'Brien. O'Brien yeah. And he just yeah. looks at, and he just looks at it. But I was like that. That's great acting. <laughs> right. It's subtle. And it's, it's, it just noted that you had a response. But it wasn't broad yeah. enough. Though. And O'Brien gives him a cheeky little mm-hmm. <laughs> look at him. And yeah, it was the perfect way to play that sort of cornball joke. And it was great. Exactly. Yeah. And it was O'Brien because O'Brien just said, oh, uh, characters we don't see is Keiko or any of his kids. Because, well, they see the war coming. So she's back on her. Right. And he makes that. Yeah. They. So we know that the. Deep Space Nine's most important family man <laughs> yeah. has got has got some pieces moved off the board, so we don't have to, mm-hmm. as the audience we don't have to worry about yeah, yeah. about the them. the yeah. dude is able to be a dude and not worry about a bunch of not dude shit right right and Cisco is like well yeah man I wish I could convince Jake to go visit Earth but he won't yeah. uh, I recently like that that a lot of men just want to watch shows about men or men hanging out with their friends. <laughs> Like, so there's this idea of, like, maybe that's why they hate Keiko is because then O'Brien can't just be cool hanging out with a cool guy hanging out with his friends. Right. He's got to be, like, the the guy who has to pay the bills or, you know. <laughs> right. He has to go. Has, Sorry, I have to go, you know, watch the baby. Uh, I got to be a part. Of, I don't know why I got to sit at dinner every night. Like, you know, <laughs> they're not any fun. And But, <laughs> right. you know, I guess that, yeah. So he gets to be a cool guy just hanging out with his friends this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And so they're, they have the, will you marry me? And the jokey joke. And then they go over to watch the wormhole. And Rom and Lita are getting married in two weeks. So that sets up a timeline for how, how long this episode will actually take place. It's not just a one day episode. It stretches out time kind of squeezed into this long episode. Well, that's what. And then uh, what does uh, what does Cisco uh, decide to do right there while looking out that window? Basically, start the war. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which is what I said he should have done two episodes ago. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, because there's convoys from the Gamma Quadrant coming in, like 
I think they're coming in on a two week interval too, maybe. Yeah. That's what the deal was is that like two weeks ago, there wasn't as many Jim Hadar in the Alpha Quadrant as there were that like that one particular day. <laughs> right, right. That was, yeah. <laughs> he watched them come through uh, across a wormhole and they come in, you know, they, the CGI like about 100 ships in. Yeah. You know, you couldn't count. Yeah. If you're just standing at the window, you couldn't count how many came through. There's just a, a whole shit ton. Right. Yeah. And I think O'Brien even says what you said they should do before. He's we should like, just go ahead and attack. We should just get it over just wish, with. Yeah. Wish they just get it over with. Yeah. And Cisco says, "Well, you may you may get your wish." Well, because this, he says that because Cisco then goes about provoking the goddamn war. <laughs> right. He does a thing that he knows will inspire a counter response. He knows what the counter response will be, and they use the count the counter response as an excuse. Uh, spoilers to do a daring, unprovoked assault on them in the meantime. Well, they have, well. So, can we get to the, the one scene where they're where they're they know that they've they've got the problem? Is it the scene with O'Brien, Kira, and Rom? That's where that happens. Mm. And they, before that, they have like Jake at dinner. Oh yes, Jake done fucked up. Jake, yeah, oh, yeah, Jake, war, yeah. Jake done. Jake, dumbass Jake is the theme of this. Like we by stretching to give Jake meaning, they've made him uh, not intelligent in this episode. I, I did, what, Jake did nothing wrong. He's he's got. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. For just one second, I do believe that the kid did something that was very much like your dad is a hard man. And you you don't want to like fuck up and disappoint him. You've got some some kind of shaky news that you want to you know you're gonna probably piss him off and you're putting it off until the very last. He went the coward's way out, and yes. yeah. And I feel like it was it's sort of anytime somebody does something like a little flawed on Deep Space Nine, it does feel a little bit more real to me than what he if he was like. If it was Wesley Crutcher writing the article, he would have gone up front and been up front about it and done the right thing. Well, sir, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, and let's, right. well, let's just be clear about the article. The article is that he gets uh, his own father's intentions wrong. No, he didn't. Yes, he does. How did he get it wrong? His, because his... Cisco wanted Bajor to later, sign the he did. Later, later, but in the not episode. at this point. He's, but he's, not at this point. He had advised in the last episode... He advised them to wait, right? While he thinks of it, and then when it when they did wait, then the, he did. Well, he was always going to do this. Counterpoint: <laughs> He does. He says stall. That doesn't mean you will sign it eventually. It's it's meaning I don't know what the right thing to do now, mm-hmm. but don't do anything yes. till I have more information. The article that his son wrote does not say he's pissed about this act coming. What does it's, it say? It says. The commander of Deep Space Nine opposes non-aggression pact, which he is doing at this moment. He isn't. Yes, he is. And then he gets the information later on that makes him uneasy. When does he put, when does he say that they shouldn't sign the non-aggression trip pact? Saying my recommendation is do not sign this pact right now. It's the same thing to me as him being opposed to them signing it. I don't know. When does Cisco ever say? He- I thought it was a clear storytelling device. Okay. It, it it helped Bajor and it helped the Federation for them to stall, but to keep the Dominion at the table. Right. But that's... It's I, actually pretty politically sophisticated. I'm not arguing that it wasn't that. I'm arguing that it wasn't him, that him telling them to stall is equivalent to them saying he's opposing them signing the treaty. I'm arguing that this wasn't, that Jake didn't fuck up and get the article wrong. The article is, is a writer's device to front load the 
part of the episode to fill people in f- for information they need later on. I agree. And that device does not contradict anything from two episodes. Okay? I think if you're reading, I think if you're reading Jake's article, uh, you are, you will have been, you will feel the next day very misinformed <laughs> about what the, so why didn't Cisco what, scream fake news about Who? what the emissary wanted for the people of Bajor? Because he's reporting on the Pope. Who's who's his dad? I think you would have felt very misled by uh, the the son of the emissary. I think I think that reporting. if I definitely feel that if Jake got the information wrong, that Cisco would have it would have been in character for Cisco to say you. There would you, have been tweet owns if that was Ma- Maggie Haberman. There would have been tweet owns for a week, all day, I, I, all uh, day over that article from two days ago by Maggie Haberman. I think Hugh is right. It was a plot device, and our arguing over the tiny little details is what our podcast is oh, that about. That bills, man. That, that, keeps the, that, that keeps the lights on. Is, okay, fair enough. Is what we do. <laughs> All right. So after that scene... But I did like that scene that, it, unlike unlike what like Wesley Crusher would have done, where he was a world sir, yeah. like, that's what this episode does so well. Jake, he, whether his dad, he fucked up or not, his dad is pissed at him. Yes. And he off plays it with a joke. But aren't you glad I got a job? And Cisco's like, we don't have jobs. It's the Federation. I just wanted yeah, to be... In a, in a post-scarcity... <laughs> society why the hell would you have to have a job what about your novel and i'm gonna finish my novel then it's like the fight that monty python sketch where it's like i i didn't raise my son to be a coal miner you go out there and you be a poet one day you'll realize there's more to life than culture there's dirt and smoke get and good on his get out get out you laborer <laughs> uh i'm just all my point is is that someone would have shared someone on bajor on tweet on bajor twitter there would have been a one of those tweets that's just an image of jake cisco's tweet station commander opposes non-aggression pack and then the next one is emissary approves non-aggression pack. <laughs> and those two yeah. and those two tweets would be uh capped together in somebody's smarmy irony tweet and what it would would say life comes at you fast is what what, yes yes that's what it would say (laughs) life comes at you fast right uh i agree Uh, you would expect the son of the emissary to at least get his father position correct okay (laughs) right so and then um kira and dax and odo are in the cargo bay and they find ten thousand rapages of yamak sauce because quirk going back his character from the beginning is he knows the way the wind is blowing. So he's like, he realizes there's going to be Cardassians on and Kira's like that fucking asshole. And Dax is like, I get it. And yeah. okay. So now we're talking about it. I said, I I had only one critique and that was the thing about the uh, generators. Why don't they just make ships replicate? Uh-huh. And now I've come up with two critiques as we go through this uh, scene by scene. <laughs> I think that scene between. So now this, this podcast is making me hate this episode. No, uh, the, the, the stuff between Kira and Odo is more forced than it needs to be in this episode. Uh, oh, well, I, yeah, I'm just talking about the two minute Yamak sauce scene. Yeah. But I mean, we could talk about that. Right? Yeah. We could talk about that. <laughs> we'll well, I'm just running. I, I don't want to spend much time. No, wait, wait. No, the weird stuff is in this scene that we're at. Oh, you're right. Where? Yeah, they're just they're just not talking to each other. They're being weird. Well, and then she says, "Why aren't they talking?" And she's like, "I don't want to talk about it." And then that starts the plot line of this that I was saying that I don't think it's oh, well right. done yes. uh, throughout the course of the like this episode. I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly well. I think done. I think there's I think oh, there's that if they just look, if they had awkward moments between well, each other. Here, here's the thing: they actually they actually in this episode go to great lengths to put this plot line on hold. Yeah, where they have they have a conversation later where they say. 
let's put this plot line on hold. And then Kira's face lights up and says, yes, let's put this plot line on hold. I feel the same way about this plot line. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that yes, yeah. you're right. They 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 could have. I, and I also like that Dax and Kira are talking about it, and Dax goes, "What? I had no idea this plot line was here. Why is this here?" <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? I haven't been watching this show at all. I didn't watch that episode two weeks ago. <laughs> that explains a lot. Really? Does it? No, it really does not. I just thought I'd say that. I had. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So I, all of the stuff, it could have just been. Where like it could have ended there if she had said I don't want to talk about it and then they talk about it, and then maybe they bump into each other or have awkward conversations yeah or I I liked where it goes uh, just just so that you know just so that you know I was thinking about carrying this plot line forward but I've decided <laughs> to not carry this plot line forward yes <laughs> yep I like yeah um yeah. but we did anyways we get a rule of acquisition with uh, Cisco and Nog. Where he he hears about the Romulans non-aggression pact and tells Cisco and Cisco is just playing it down like because he overheard Orion free traders talk about a Vulcan diplomat that they signed this treaty and he's like what do you know about that boss and Cisco is like uh man just what is role of acquisition number one hundred ninety hear all but trust nothing. And Nod goes, well, okay, sir, yes, I, I, I won't, I won't believe it, I guess. And then he leaves the scene, and then Cisco is like, uh, Dax, my se- mm-hmm. <laughs> secretary, Dax, get me Starfleet intelligence. Yeah, and he corroborates it. Yeah, it's- and this is where, and then the next scene is where he actually announces uh, the mine. It's going and everybody, to be, and everybody goes. Everybody gets all racist against Romulans for a minute, which is fine. I guess. <laughs> well, Romulans, Miradorns, and Tholians, but yeah. And then Worf is like, "I have no honor, the Romulan." And this is where he full out like just says, "Let's yeah, fucking, yeah." Let's, like this, let's, we got let's start this motherfucker. Oh, it's going. Yeah, I told Starfleet that, that we got to stop this shit, and oh, it's going to. I told them, and they're like, "Well, it might start a war, right?" It's like, "Well, yeah, but." And this is, goes into right exactly what you wanted, I think, James. Like, but sometimes, you know, either even if we this starts the war, we were losing the peace anyway. So sometimes you just got to go to war. Oh man, man, I was feeling that line. Shit. Yeah, yeah. You got to start mm-hmm. when you're losing the peace. You got to start that war, man. Yeah. Right, because yeah, it's, it's coming. So you might as well get it over with. I felt I felt justified. I guess that's what's so frustrated with some some things in our current like political (laughs) is that we're definitely losing the peace Mm -hmm. and whenever you have the well go ahead no but you you have to stay losing it civilly right (laughs) right that's very important you can't lose our civility or that's that's what's irritating yes that that whole thing was is irritating to me is that like it's only the people who are winning that are concerned about that kind of stuff. Listen, in all this, every scene where Cisco is with Wei Yun, he is very polite to him, and vice versa. We need more of that. Civilian. Yeah, that that showed a level of intrigue that was kind of it fun. Did. It was great. Actually, yeah. Did we get to the Rom scene where he where he's fretting over? Yeah, this is Lita the Rom and, scene with Dax. Well, I, I, and Rom. I have a I have a quick quick point about that, and it, it might be that what if. Because we have this whole conversation where they don't know what to do. Uh, Dax and O'Brien are talking about not knowing to do, and and mm-hmm. you know how are they gonna? What what will work as far as minds are concerned? 
And Rom has got the is processing the fact that he's actually going to get married, in a, right. in a very Rom way. And conversely, coming up with like a brilliant I, yeah, I love like, that at the yes. same time, like in this which sort of, yeah. I that this scene it might be my favorite scene in the whole the whole thing because he does it with a little bit of e. There's some ease to it too because he gets called yeah. out oh, the yeah, carpet yeah, yeah. for not listening, and he right. then he repeats back, "Yes, I've heard everything you you said." Yeah. Cloak small dozens. Mm. I get it. While staying you. in character, is Rom actually? smarter than everybody yeah like it's not not he's not all of a sudden smarter it's like, like you mean nah. is he did you think that he knows that he's smarter than everybody and he's soft pedal like he's like he's playing no a role i don't think he i don't think he's no nah. self-awareness isn't always like his thing yeah yeah yeah. but yeah. like i is it dawned on me that 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 rom might be as smart or smarter than everybody like on the station well isn't that what right. nog well, said as like a testament to like why he doesn't want to follow the Ferengi way. That's true. Yeah. It's because that, that his father could have been like a genius. His father was, Hey, my, my, my father is like, I've been around enough Starfleet people to know that my father is a genius. <laughs> right. But like, you know, and whether yeah. it's ROM or if it's just Ferengi's humans aren't meant to multitask. Our brains don't work that way, mm-hmm. but ROM, ROM excels in that. Like that's where it seems like that's how he brainstorms what's going on. You know, like the things come to him. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I mean, it, it, yeah, it was really, and thought of something that was kind of like, why is this the first, you know, it was one of those, that's how you know an idea is kind of, I mean, that even in a show when you're writing something, it's when you know an idea is clever, when you're like, why has someone not thought of this before? Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's the way like a good idea f- can feel eternal or like, like obvious. Right, right. You know. And that's one of those sort of good ideas where you're just like, oh, and, and like, I felt like that, like the writers, pro- that was probably mirrored the idea in the writer's room. Right. You know, like, what are they going to do? They're going to, mo- what do they do in real battles? Will they put minefields in these DMZs? Well, how do you like, well, do a minefield in space? And you just think it through and then it ends up being like, you know, pretty great. So right, I, right, right. Well, we can't cloak them because cloaks need to be too, sm- and then it'd be small enough. And it's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah. The my angry nerd corner question was like, well, okay, so these minds can self-replicate till the cows come home or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, don't you need matter or energy to create to run the replicators? But well, theoretically, I guess they they could use the matter from the explosion. Yes, because all the replicate like waste extraction and everything in the station gets put back into the replicators and stuff or i think maybe they stick poo in the bombs poo bombs poo bombs yeah they want in in my brain right now i'm i'm rationalizing it. it's like well maybe if you can turn matter into energy into energy into mass with the replicators somehow or or energy into matter then maybe they could be solar powered even i don't know so fine. well it doesn't even really i mean what you need is raw elements right like atoms, really. Right. That's the way a replicator would work is it would break whatever fuel source that it would have into raw right. exactly. atoms and then rearrange the atoms into whatever it's replicating. So it would, like, A, it could probably, like, there's probably a black box inside the bombs that hold the replicating pro- machine and probably has some sort of, like, thing that could suck in the explosion exploded particles May, anyway that's also okay the shrapnel and then to replicate I'm glad the bomb, that, yeah. I'm glad we're getting to the bottom of these technical details because yeah. at first I it was really bothering me <laughs> the matter the matter energy uh equalization problem in here mm-hmm. but I think I think we've gotten to the problem bottom of it I'm, yeah 
there's probably they don't show it, but it would probably be like you'd see a small explosion of shit. And then that explosion, that concussive force would do some damage to a ship. And then maybe you would hear this sort of like electric sucking. And then the and then it would reform. Right. The yeah. bomb would reform. And so that's what I would imagine. <laughs> Something's going, something like that. Okay. Yes. I'm glad that these magic space we, sci-fi problems <laughs> have been settled. This bullshit, this bullshit half idea <laughs> is now a bullshit less, more than half idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Then the uh, the they, we get where Cisco and Kira and, and Dax are like where are the reinforcements coming and we talked about this already. He's like Cisco's like I can't tell you and Kira's like what the fuck and Worf is like no, it, it's not it's below our rank we don't need to know because Worf gets it and yeah it just mm-hmm. that's one thing that comes back later we know where the they're off doing important shit with the Starfleet people. Um, yes. Yeah. And then Kira and Odo have their relationship talk about, I was going to buy you flowers or something. Give go to dinner. Oh my God. I actually liked it. Like I'm a guy that's been able to shut off certain parts of my emotional mind in the past. That sounds rather weird, but like, yeah. Yeah. But I like, why can't you just do it? Like, why do you have to like, I don't know. It was a weird scene. It seemed like a scene that was. I like because Odo, because they're both weirding out about it. And like, once it's out in the open, you can just deal with it, right? So he's like, well, let me just get this out of the way instead. But of wouldn't it be better if it wasn't like, wouldn't it be from a tension, like, <laughs> from like a plot tension standpoint? Wouldn't it be better if they didn't have the conversation? I think so that for the next maybe, 10 episodes, the maybe first Maybe that five would be, but f- you, you also would have to have the audience, like, yeah. wondered what the status of everything yeah. is they, they like, literally had to say out loud that they're that they're putting on hold it would take a very deft light hand to pull that off and yeah the show doesn't always have that so better just just to do it with a hammer just okay well it was just kind of i don't know it was just like this i don't know what i think of the scene because i can't think like i mean theoretically he knows what the response is going to be does like him pushing it is to some degree in a modern context, a little bit of harassment because he would Does already. Does he know what it's going? The response is going to be. Well, I mean, he, uh, he I knows mean, she's uncomfortable. David Stratham, it. David Stratham, Odo, yeah, <laughs> explained it all to her, right? And then he woke up and he went and said, like, so I guess it's all out in the open. And she goes, I guess it is. And he goes, you, you want me to leave your room now? And she goes, Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that's yeah. your answer. She she basically said, I'm going to need time to deal with this, though. She didn't she didn't close it down entirely. Partly because man, the way uh, old gal, what's her face, Nana Visitor plays these scenes, uh, mm-hmm. she plays it like she's like scared and disgusted. <laughs> she doesn't ever, she doesn't yes. play, she doesn't play it like she's into it, or there there might be some wiggle room for some interest or whatever. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, like Odo needs to read the room here. Isn't that supposed to be his strong suit? Right. That's that's the way I look at it. And so every time he pushes it, it seems like yeah, it seems a she's little. Visi- she's visibly uncomfortable. Is that? <laughs> but yeah. she's kind of like a prude about some things too. But in another ways, that's true. She's not. Kira, Kira is also very direct when she needs to be. So the fact that she is kind of wishy washy, Odo might realize, and we know where it goes later. That so Ali, uh, like now, he yeah. just needs to like you know she gets a like she gets a notification. So he slides into her DMs and says, <laughs> "I'm going to shoot my shot." <laughs> and then you cut to like her, her just going, Ugh. and then like <laughs> she's she's talking to Dax. It's like, ah, man, he's liking 
every single post I do on Facebook <laughs> and it's starting to weird me out. Yes. Uh, she screen caps the text messages. <laughs> right. He hasn't said anything to me yet, but he just keeps liking everything I put out. And she just knows. And she just knows. It's just a matter of time until he sends her a picture of his goo dick. <laughs> <laughs> I hacked into you and Burial's conversations, so I know this is what you like. Yeah. He, mm, mm. Uh, so, okay. I don't know. I, I think that um, it's fine. It's fine. I just wish that... It were different. Yeah, I wish that like he read the... like I, I wish, A, they would either give them some chemistry... Huh. Yeah. Or, or he needs to read a room. Because as of right now, it, it I don't know if it's coming across the way they... I don't know what they want. What do they want us to want? <laughs> they they want us to, to put it on hold so, until they get the storyline. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They don't know... They're obviously then a writer's room that's frustrated. Like, we can't... This is We're spinning too many plates. Yeah. Let's table this one thing that everybody doesn't isn't really that interested in anyway. <laughs> yes. And uh, we'll get to it later. Yeah, I... I think at this point, I bet maybe Berman or somebody is like, oh, people like, and Star Trek, since forever, Star Trek fans have liked shipping. And we get a lot of that in this episode. We get relationship stuff. We get, you know, Dax and Worf stuff. Well, but one that we all like and then one that yeah. we don't. Yeah, yeah, so. And then we all think Rom and Lita is fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, we got we got two wedding or two. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yes, there's two. Yeah, they're doing... A lot of relationship stuff and like people like that. So let's do that with Kira and Odo, but nobody's heart's in it. So let's just put a pin in it. Um, let's see. They have we have the Wayun Cisco first scene where he's delicious. Like, it's so good. Delicious. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's like the next convoy is doing five days, but Wayun's here and he's like, we'll take the station and, and move the mines ourselves. Just before they go to commercial break, Cisco doesn't even say anything. But you see his jaw, you see the muscle in his jaw clench. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. What are, do you think he was mad in the scene, or I think he was calm? I think he was calm, but he was just like, like I, I don't know. Like I think he knew. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to think that this episode was full of the the thing that you feared the most is about to happen, and when it's about to happen, what you feel is calm because you know. You know, there's nothing to fear anymore, really. Yeah. I mean, everybody could die, but I mean, you, you, at that point, you could even presume that as a given. Right. So you're like, the, the tension was in the waiting for the horrible. Oh, yeah. That's the way I hear about like, uh, whenever you talk to people who've gotten divorces and are pretty frank about it, they're like, yeah, it was really bad until, until we started getting a divorce. And then we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, right, right, right. <laughs> the bad thing happened. And now we have to deal with it. It's not as stressful anymore it's it's depressing or sad but it moves out of that like yeah yeah and jeffrey combs is like you will not allow you heard mm-hmm. me you heard me I love jeffrey. <laughs> like, I yeah like, that that was all good stuff yeah, yeah. man that was all super super good stuff yeah uh, um, and he's like oh you know I, I like scenes like that i like things that are written with that sort of cleverness to where right the things that people say aren't where everything being said is not what is being communicated. It's consequential. Yeah, 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 and like, so... Like, they spend two minutes in that scene of just, like, shooting the shit. Like, oh, you know, it's not us. It's these Cardassians. And yes, that's right. I understand. The Car- mm-hmm. Cardassians are, uh, what did you call it? Oh, jittery, right? It's like, yes. So I was like, okay, well, why don't we do this thing? And he's like, yeah, that's very nice of you. I'm going to run that back to Starfleet. And it's like, oh... You and I have just taken the first step towards ensuring peace between our peoples. 
<laughs> and then immediately cuts to the next scene is like Cisco's like, oh, they're coming. Yeah. Like, and that's the kind of thing that I like. Um, my favorite cover of this movie is still Miller's Crossing, and basically Miller's Crossing is two hours of people having conversations that aren't what they mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it it's uh, I love that shit. And and that scene, it was gloriously that way. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I I don't know what else to say. And I was like, oh, what what will Gold Ducat think about us only letting civilians and and medical ships through? It's like, oh, he'll be pissed, but you know, we've made Ducat our reek. He'll be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of like uh, gl- gloriously uh, reekish, mm-hmm. uh, and that I can in confidence say that that increases over the next few episodes. Oh, is yeah. the the Wayun Ducat dy- dynamic. Mm-hmm. Is uh, as not a drop to storyline, no. right? Right. But like a well maintained, well paced ratcheting up of tension between each episode, right? Yeah. O'Brien and Dax are like, we need more time to mine the wormhole. It's like, well, you won't have it. Bashir is like, well, couldn't we get like fifty more ships? And you know, God and- damn it, not everybody's a genius, Bashir. <laughs> right. <laughs> he actually doesn't he. No, is that the next ah, episode that, he uses his yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I watched ahead too, motherfucker. I know what you're talking about. I, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I was. I was literally confused. Oh, I was like, I, doesn't he don't use worry. His don't worry. I've got yeah. a whole thing on that. You don't even worry. You don't worry your pretty little head about that. <laughs> I know what he's got it cooking. Yeah. You don't even. I didn't watch ahead because I just rewatched this episode. Going. What the fuck is James talking about? <laughs> 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 no, <that's... laughs> that makes me happy. That I... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I tried so hard to gaslight you. <laughs> yeah, you had me going longer than I'm comfortable admitting. <laughs> I said on the Patreon, like, this week, I said this is the reason I do this podcast. It's called well, ours. I, I, hadn't, I wasn't sure if you'd rewatched it yet or not. <laughs> Oh, that would have been like a <laughs> tough news, guys. I hate this shit. <laughs> I had already watched it by the time I read that. Right. Okay. Um, Every time there's like a time lapse, we get a voiceover from Cisco, like one with a star date. And he's like, mm-hmm. a man said one time, these are the times that try men's souls. I don't know what quote that's from. It's from Thomas pain oh, okay. i don't know why i didn't just fucking say thomas pain yeah but yeah it, it is uh, echoed in my my favorite movie uh magnolia where they just kept saying like the man says and then <laughs> uses the quote, yeah. like the man says uh, but yeah we we get more goodbye scenes with zial's going to bajor the montage of goodbye scenes are great including zial who is um in a totally, absolutely platonic relationship with Garrett, guys. I think you can still say it. When they kissed, the, Garrett, the look on Garrett's face was as if that was like the first kiss they've ever had. Well, it's... Bewilderment. Yeah, like they're pretty comfortable. They kiss, and then the look of bewilderment on his face yes. is, to me, your um, all your versions of this and your headcanon for everybody are valid as far as I'm concerned. Like you could go... It, you're saying it's vague enough. Yes. It's a plastic relationship. They, they have a tofu relationship. Right. Or you could say that he try, he's tried to make it work, and then that look on his face, like he's shocked that he does have these feelings towards him or, or, or that he is just still putting up whatever, you know, whatever you want to make of it, I'm you, you do you, you know? It's a tiring relationship, though. It is. I agree. Oh, my. man. Man. For something that only pops up every once in a while... It does exhaust the shit out of me. <laughs> now that being said, I don't hate 
I don't, I wouldn't. This is like my least favorite, see y'all. Like, there's nothing wrong with her. There's nothing wrong with the role, I guess. It's theoretically an interesting role. Sure. I don't love this actress in that role. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, but it, the role doesn't have to be bad. But it does seem at some time that they're just going to use her as a yes, as a potential love interest, if not an actual love interest for Garrick. Sure, and and so that's the only thing that she plays is his, uh, you know, his plus one. Right, right. In scenes, and so that's why she used to use at the beginning when she says she liked. I did like that when she says I like this dress, and everybody looked like <laughs> yeah, like both Rob and Lita was like that's fucking gross, lady. Number sixty four. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah. Like, well, at least they agree on something. I'm sorry, Bajorans mixed with Cardassians make for shitty fashion sense. <laughs> right. But uh, I like that, and in the goodbye scene, I mean, it was. He already had a good goodbye scene when he was talking about when he had that scene with Odo. Yeah. And Odo's like, I got no one to boss around. And Garrick, like, I wish I'd killed Goldicott. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah. You're an island of tranquility in a sea of chaos. And, well, yeah. I, I don't want to gloss over it real quick because it brings something up about Garrick's character that I want to examine a little bit. There's a little valid. There's a lot of validity to what he's saying. That if he had just killed Goldicott in that one moment, none of this would be happening. Got it. Mm. I understand that's point. Mm. But there's also something there that like sociopaths do, <laughs> where it's, they can make everything about them all of a sudden in the most dire circumstance. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so I could have. St- you know. You know. I could have stopped all this. Right. He's the guy. In the yes. Bar so. So. <laughs> So there is that there is that aspect of it that works for me too. Like that is a truly sociopathic thing to do is to all of a sudden reframe this horrible thing that's going down. Uh, cra- the world is crashing down all around us, and for you to make it all about you at at, at this one moment, <laughs> yes, is sort He's of the guy in the bar. He's the guy in the bar that tells the story about how he almost struck out Barry Bonds at high school, <laughs> right, like, right. in high school finals, in California finals. And if he had done that, he would have kept all the records clean in baseball history. Right, but uh, you didn't. Yeah, but I could have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And literally, if you go around and you have the opportunity to kill everybody in your life at some point, you could keep all of them from doing really bad things. But yes, I mean, but it is a little bit more loaded than it that. is. Gar- it, it, you know. it is, but and it's it's something that brilliant people do. Yes, you know, you also get that impression too that yeah. I don't know. So yeah. Garrick has hypomania. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do love that line where like Odo's like, "You shoot a man in the back," and Garrick's like, "Well, it's the safest way, isn't it?" <laughs> like, that's like a perfect Garrick. Oh, line. that was yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get the wedding scene in the goodbye montage with the Bajoran wedding. Mm. I didn't write it down because for once the subtitles let me down and just said, speaking in native language. It's like, son of a... Yep, that's what it said on mine, too. (laughs) So I will save y'all my recitation of Bajoran wedding vows. You're welcome. (laughs) And then he gives a fucking Casablanca speech, which... Yes, he does. Come on, you hated that, right? Right, And 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 then they go to the extra step... Of patting themselves on the back by having Nog go, great speech. Oh, I thought so too. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. It's like, just you and me don't amount to a hill of beans or a thread in the galactic tapestry of events. Fucking lazy people. Look, their references, man. They can't. They can't stop referencing. <laughs> yeah, they can't. must <laughs> must keep referencing. Stop me, but 
So, and that's uh, that's what uh, this is the last <laughs> script that Robert Hewitt Wolf writes from the writer's room. Yeah. Uh, Let me just couch that in a Star Trek reference. Stop me, or I will reference Let's again. Must keep <laughs> referencing. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I like all yeah. these, these little goodbye scenes. And then Cisco is in his quarters doing Order Cisco 197, which also comes back later and is very important. And then Martok is off watching for the Cardassians to come in or the Dominion fleet. And it's like, it's happening, battle stations, and Dax still needs an hour, but they're going to be there in 20 minutes. Jake is reprising his calling back to that red badge of courage episode where he's in the infirmary, just getting ready for the casualties to start coming in because his dad won't let him stay in ops. But I thought that was a nice callback to an early episode in this season Mm -hmm. where he's, he's experienced some battlefield trauma. Uh, We have the Odo Garrick scene, uh, the Rom and Quark scene. Quark is like, brother, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm, uh, I'm working on the perimeter defenses. It's like, He's like, you should be here with your wife. And it's because Quark in this is crotchety, mean Quark, but with a heart of gold, you know, where he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, brother, we belong together. And he, he kisses his brother on the head. It's a nice little thing that's actually earned from Quark because he's still shit talking him the whole time. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kira comes back on and says, I'm officially protesting your refusal to turn over the station to the Bajorans. Oh, I like that little bit of dumb. Yeah, I like that bit of dumb, uh, like, kabuki. Yeah, yeah. Politic. I like that they hit all of my buttons for politics. They have, like, dumb kabuki politics. Right. Uh, the scene where everybody, when something me, everything means something that it, about something else. So they, they hit all of the good political writing yeah. sort of buttons in this episode. Yeah. Mm. Damar is pretty great in this episode. We haven't seen great oh, Damar yeah, yet. Yeah, we make him, he becomes like, he gets to be a, like, this is the birth of the Damar character. Right. We've seen him a couple of times, but, yeah. you know, we could have. He was no more than a mourn before. Yeah. 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 We could have not seen him. <laughs> right. Him. Yeah. If he wasn't married to someone they were trying to keep happy on set, like. Who was he married to again? He's married to someone from Voyager, Belana Torres. Oh, he's married to Belana Torres. Oh. Yeah. What? It was Belana Torres. Oh, she was okay. Belana Torres. Yeah. You could get the feeling that they were like those like good looking like the Erdewell couples that like banged around Hollywood. Oh yeah. Like they went to the gym. They maybe met at the gym. <laughs> I like to think that. Uh I like your favorite couple from Lost. Uh the the oh. the Hollywood oh, yeah. the Hollywood couple from yeah, Lost. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> but they were supposed to. Yeah. Damar Damar and they're wearing their shoulder Google glass. Oh my God. Yes the dumb thing. But then and then Damar and Ducat are just like Oh, first turn no, when they're we're gonna go to Bajor. And then Ducat's like, yeah. And then Wayun's like, uh, what reek? And Ducat's like, oh, it's okay, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, that's this is fun stuff. Yeah. And then the fight happens. Great fight. That yeah, all sorts of shit blows up. Just for a second, what is the advantage of wearing a large cumbering uh, eyepiece to look outside your ship? It's like VR. It's like an Oculus. But couldn't, but I know that science is, 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 but like nothing has really surpassed a good window. Like what, how is it better than a good window? Well, I think they even said in that episode, the ship, which is like at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. it's so that only the commander people in command can see outside. Cause you don't want, you don't want the plebes looking out the window <laughs> so that that way all the Jim Hadar, they don't need to see it. They just need to be able to be shock troops to go on whatever. 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a major plot point over the next few episodes. Yeah, it's for so. keeping it's for keeping people down. It's yeah. not like yeah, yeah. It's like a hierarchy. So only these guys can look out of the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's interesting in this way that at least they are trying to make a difference between yeah, yeah. the cultures. I guess I don't hate how it how it's used over the next few episodes because I think it's pretty clever. It is, yeah. But but windows windows are, are you know for everybody. Pretty democratic, and, <laughs> and I've never really, I've never really thought of the socialist nature of Windows. Yeah, but yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're not I mean, good structurally. They're a great equity. They're not good for structure. Yeah. It's stronger to well, just uh, here on Earth, but in in the future, they're made out of like metal, it's transparent aluminum, I believe. Right? Uh, yes, and I still think that there are computer screens in in the Kelvin timeline. That's true because they have like. They have like news stickers and like embedded tweets on the side. Like there's right, other right. information and shit. Right. Well, um, in the original series, it, the view screens are just view screens and not actually windows, right? That's. But in Discovery, they're basically windows with tweets superimposed on them and whatnot, right? Anyways, yeah. That's not. This is this is different. Shit. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Hmm. And then they they take out section seventeen of the outer docking ring, or they almost do, and. They finish the minefield, and Damar's like the minefield, and Ducat's like I have eyes, dickweed. Uh, then there's there's even more ships coming in from the Dominion space into Bajoran space, and Cisco says we're evacuating Starfleet, we're getting the fuck out, and everybody, and it's very it's very dramatic because uh, they're giving up the station, and then we have Dax and Worf talking, going back to the relationship, shipping stuff. She she says that thing that you wanted to do. My answer is yes. Somebody on the Discord said, see, she proposes to him now. She doesn't. She just accedes that, like, you wanted to get married as soon as we fucked, right? It's like, oh, yes, I did. That's exactly what I wanted. She's like, well, my answer is yes. Well, she, I mean, I count that as a second propose. She's proposing to him a second time. I think it's, but yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, not that. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, or or care, but like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it seems to me. Well, I mean, it, it would be a second proposable because it seems to me that she Esri Dex, Esri Dex, Esri Dex. Spoilers! I don't know what you're talking about. I know. Uh, Go Google it if you're new to the show. Bring it down. Yeah, it's it's a second proposal because the, she shut him down the first time and said, "Fuck you, I'm a, my own woman." Wouldn't it be nice if Dex was Canadian? <laughs> Like all the other famous people on Star Trek, like Colonel Eddington or whatever, yeah. Corporal or whatever it's ranked. So, uh, so bring on, bring on the Esri. <laughs> um, anyways. and William Shatner. Yeah, Shatner, the most and famous. Shatner. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a big one. Yeah. yeah. Cisco has this big dramatic speech. Like, it's pretty good. You know, culminating the last five years of this show. Like when I started, I wanted yeah. to be anywhere but here. But five years later, you all are my fam. You're my family, and Bruce Greenwood's Canadian too. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of them. I think if you look into it, and <laughs> yeah. then they he- <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, you can keep going. Oh, with loonies in their pocket. Yeah, that's right. Mm, yes, uh, loonies everywhere. Bruce Greenwood loves a good loony. <laughs> and then he finally reveals the reveal that we've already revealed at the beginning, but y'all have seen this episode if you're listening, so who cares? Where, yes, the reason we didn't get any backup is because there's a Starfleet and Klingon Task Force that has gone into Cardassian space and destroyed the shipyards on Tauros 3, and we set up themes that sacrifices are necessary to win a war, but your sacrifices have made victory possible, and, you know, we're leaving now, but I'm coming back. 
you know, he gives his little patent yeah. speech, I will return kind of thing. And then the strategic retreat. I, I do want to say that, like, from a start, like, I do like that they, uh, and, and I think that probably this is when we're all of traditionally Star Wars writers rooms have done a pretty good job on his military strategy. Star Wars said? N- n- Star, fuck <laughs> me. Fuck me. I've been doing this for a long time. I got Star Wars on the brain, yeah. though. Uh, Star Trek does a really good job of of doing sort of sound military strategy type stuff. Uh, you know, they traditionally were written by a bunch of uh, ex, you know, vets in, in the 60s. And then right. basically Star Trek and military nerd culture are pretty tightly hewn at the hobby shop. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, it's one of the things they do, right? But I, I appreciate that, like, the, the old, you're watching this battle. Oh, it wasn't even the major battle. This is not the battle people will write about today. This was a proxy battle. So I liked all of that. I liked that. That was fun and clever, and it gives you the idea that things are happening on a much bigger scope right. than what you're watching, which is always nice right. on a show that can't show you a lot of scope. <laughs> right. But they can show you, he beams off the station after his rousing speech, and he beams to, I believe this is the first time we've seen the transporter room set on the Defiant. Very, very well, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember seeing it before. Correct us, nerds, because I know you will. <laughs> but I forgot. What was the logic of taking Garrick with him? He Garrick has nowhere else to go. Oh, yeah. okay. And okay. he just said, D- like... Dukat is not oh, going to... they will kill him. They will kill him if he's there. Yeah. So he's got to get yeah, the he's, fuck out. Yeah, okay. he's in exile. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, yeah. oh, you can find use for a tailor, right? It's like, well, for for you, yeah, we probably right. can. A Cardassian Car- spy master might come in handy against, yeah. in, a, in a war against Cardassia. Yeah, if you're trying to at this, this is the time you need to drop the tailor bit. <laughs> right. yeah. okay, okay, we'll let you on if you just finally fucking admit you're not a tailor asshole. Yeah. But, yes. Yes. Uh, we th- we will take you on as a project paperclip like prot thing, but yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> with the tailor shit, I'm surprised. This is going still with the tailor, a tailor stuff. A tailor doesn't get to go on fucking defiant, yeah. but like a Cardassian uh, spy master might be able to make it on. Defect the Cardassian. Well, you know, yeah, maybe maybe he's serving the uh, role that Mott the barber did on the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of yes. Maybe. Uh, uh, is this where you see all of the ships, or just it's just that one? So you don't see them all yet, but you do at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Kira welcomes the Dominion on, and then no, oh, not after they uh, the classic Star Trek electric effect. Yes, they like they queued in a hundred of those things. <laughs> yeah. They control. They command controlled. Like all of them fuckers all over that screen. <laughs> <Right. laughs> they opened up After Effects and just went to town right. on the electrical effects. A lot of command V's happening on that <laughs> edit bay. Yes, uh, yes. Initiate Cisco 197 and everything. Yeah, force lightnings. <laughs> Yes. So they destroy the whole ship and um, gets all the root beer out of there. And <laughs> I love that. I love my son. He goes, "Did they back up all the hard drives?" <laughs> <laughs> I go, "I think they did." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. Fun. But I do like that they in this episode we destroyed essentially everything O'Brien did in the first season <laughs> right. because O'Brien was 
vigilantly like getting the computers not fucked up. Oh yeah, I'm sure they killed whatever dog was living in there too. If they still gave two shits about <laughs> right. it. Oh, oh, that dog. Yeah. Sorry, dog. It's been five years, but it's time to put you down. Maybe put that. I don't think Hugh Hugh's theory is they do like to do the sequels to episodes we never asked for. <laughs> yes, that would have definitely been one of them. Yes, it would have been. If they had brought. There's the... a book written about that that's basically Old Yeller in space. <laughs> 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 that happened in the maybe yes. I said there was a book that takes place in the last five minutes of this episode. Maybe that's <laughs> I hope uh, Brian, go away, you stupid old software program. <laughs> right. Nobody likes you. <laughs> go away. I'll do it, Mom. He throws a rock at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So then uh, we do get to meet the Bejor- like the Kira and Odo are essentially the only staff left, and now they work for... Right. Damar. Right. Quark and Rom, <laughs> and then Rom is like, oh, I'm a spy, and like... Oh, yeah, that was... Quark is like, oh, brother, you're the shittiest spy ever. Starfleet sucks. And Jake yeah, and is... Jake is... Yeah. Jake, Jake stayed because he's stupid. I don't know. He's I'm a sorry. wartime reporter, man. You got to get where the action is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's... True. I think it's a great character thing to do with Jake. No, I, I like that. Look, this is what I like. I like that they look at the character of Jake Zisco and say, you should do something with this character. <laughs> right. I like that concept. And and so I don't want to fault them for having that like, instinct. Let's, let's, yeah, don't fault them too, because they don't do too much. It's not like we get in this, <laughs> in this whole Dominion War that unfolds, it's not like we get like a whole long, like Jake episode. It's not like you get too yes. much, Jake. You get, we get him showing up every now and then as a reporter role. To... Sure, but he helps. Like he's instrumental in moving the plot along a couple times in the next few episodes. But it's not like we're it, it is. we're not getting any space vampires and spending forty five minutes. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Well, what's one of the? I guess what's what strikes me as weird is that a war correspondent follows the soldiers, but that's not what happened. He just got. He's just detained. It's like if. Now I'm trapped. It's like if a war reporter was like, now I'm trapped in Pyongyang and I have to hang out with Kim Jong-un all day. Right, well. That's not really being a frontline reporter. He left the front line. The front line was going with, with, with his dad. That would be going to the front line. This is now occupied territory until, you know, of right. course, we know the show's called Deep Space Dying and they come back. Right. Well, but, now he's um, going to win a Pulitzer for being stuck behind enemy lines. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> wait, me, me and Wayun, uh, uh, a wartime, you know, right. like whatever. Yeah. And I like when they we, we see that Jake's here and it cuts to Cisco. It's like, oh, fuck. The last, that's what I was trying to think of. The last Vorta of Scotland. Oh, right, the right, last right, Vorta right. of Scotland. <laughs> But yes, uh, okay, keep going. I, I like this because what the fuck? Oh, fuck. And then O'Brien in just like a real quiet voice. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, so, so do we go back for him? It's like, no, we can't go back for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to the pool and my my daughter says, we left my floaties in home. Yeah. Can we go back? Like, I really don't want to go back for these. We're at the pool right now. I'm pulling into the driveway. Now I got to drive all the way back to get your goddamn floaties. No, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so in, in there, his ship goes in, and we see Defiant-class ships, Klingon Birds of Prey. I got this list in front of me. Galaxy-class, Saber-class, Steamrunner-class. They should Steamrunner? They should totally do that now, and everybody's got, like, goggles on their hats. <laughs> right. They're wearing uh, mechanical 
pocket watches and fobs. Cooler than that, Akira class. Oh. So everybody should have black jackets. That's a Captain of the Akira class. And the latter three. A Norway class, an Excelsior class, a Miranda class, a Katoon class, and a Borcha? A Vorchata? Horchata that, class? That's a, that's a Klingon ship. It is, Maybe. and uh, it's got two little, uh, two little. It's got two dicks like a Klingon. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we get to see all of these great trips, so that so that AMT Ertl model kits can like be sold all, right. all across hobby shops for the next thirty years. Yeah. Oh, um, but uh, but the creators of the show, including uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf, who's like out the door. Who's in this episode, by the way? Oh, really? They threw him in a scene. He's injured. In one of the, he's a scene in one of the war. He's uh, Bashir carts him off. Huh, cool. They wanted to put him in the show because you, know, you know his last way in. Uh, but they don't like that scene where it shows all the ships because it, it gives the impression to the viewer that they're gonna go kick the minion ass. <laughs> and that's really it's like not. they that was not what that because they'd already written the first episode of the next season. Uh, and that's not what ha- you know. Obviously, I mean, spoiler alert. That's not how it goes down. <laughs> Uh, but it made it look like that was like a, like there was a huge wave of soldiers coming in to, right, right. to whoop Dominion ass. And that just wasn't, you know, the, that's what, that, that wasn't what they wanted. Right. Right. So it got all like, they got bitchy about it yeah. when I got back. So Damar's shit eating grin when they, when he gets on the station. So good. Oh, yeah. like, this is Damar a great is... victory for Cardassia. And then Dakar's like, oh, I'm, I'm for the Dominion because he's reek. You it, know, I feel like we're lucky to have Damar yeah. in a way because we have another Cardassian that's not Garrick and not. I, mean, I feel like he's a wonderfully like Duk- yeah. rendered Cardassian. Yes. Where we get to see, we have three Cardassians that we really get to know uh, Dukat. Uh, Garrick and and Garrick and Damar, and they're all very. All three of them are very Cardassian, mm-hmm. you know, very steeped in their yeah. culture and have all these tendencies of the species. But it all manifests itself in different ways. Yes, and I, I don't know. I really like Damar as a character. Yeah. So here's the. This is gonna be because now I get to like. Yeah, I mean Damar is like a major character going forward. So like I have to sort of ask like, Damar is great because he has this sort of dumb confidence <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's why i made a joke about him being at the gym and me yeah and Belora the taurus is not a dumb jock woman like that no. she's she's she she's like a hardcore director working yeah, director she's right a great now. director and I, um yeah. but anyway so but anyway with damar do we think it's him or do we think he's playing a character well or do you think he's he's shining through a performance to just being himself, whatever his name is, Casey Biggs oh, I, or whatever. I think he's. I think, I think he knows. Through. I think he like sees this on the page on the page and is like, "Oh, I know this okay. guy." Yeah, I feel like he's like, yeah, I can, yeah. Just, it is a little bit like when you watch as the Sopranos went on and you met more of the of the crews of these. You're like, is this guy is Bobby Bacala Bobby Bacala or is he playing? Yeah, yeah. Bobby Bacala, <laughs> like you know, because he could just be a regular. Yes, sir. I'm a great Cardassian, but he's just like so happy to be on the station now. It's like, yeah, he's got this. Yeah, he's he's got a dumb. He's got like a I mean, dumb. He's like a he's like an Eagles fan or something. Like, there's a very distinct <laughs> right? yeah. type of like compelling, overconfident bro. There's yeah, a yeah. there's a smug there's a snug yes. a smug uh <laughs> like broness to him that yes. yeah that comes through he exudes it like a red Sox fan or like an eagles fan there's a very distinct i like the eagles like fan he's, but there's a lot of yeah. like sports bros that he could be i guess yeah, like, depending on your uh, 
<laughs> team of choice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's it is that it's either like a cop or like a half a wise guy or something. It's a very distinct. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoy watching it because they they really stress test that. Oh yeah. Not just him as a character, but that character trait in itself, his confidence and his uh his cop Bishness? I want to call him a cop. He's like he's 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 almost oh, as much of a oh, cop as yeah. Odo. All, all these all these Cardassians are are cops. Are cops. They're all yeah. cops. All of them. Mm-hmm. And and Damar is a very a fun type of cop. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and Ducat's like the slimy one that mm. always pulling all the games. But also, but he's slimy. But he's also like you know, in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 a book. And then by the book, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. Yes, it's all yeah. very interesting. Yeah, Wayun uh, is like Odo. I love you. Odo is. <laughs> yeah, you're a god. It's so great to have a god. And it, and then Dukat's like, yes, it's going to be you, me, and the major together again. And then Demarc is a shit eating grin. I just can't get over. So uh, also, they give you like a whiff of where they're going with Dukat and Kira. Oh. And I don't know if I will feel differently about how they modulate this uh, element of the plot. Mm, moving I, forward. I didn't even think about that thing that's coming ahead. Yeah. If you not watch the first next week's episode, is very. Yeah. I have not. Yeah. Like I said, I kept watching this one, saying, "I don't get what James is a bitch." I'm I'm with you on this, but now wait a minute. I feel like they've been laying the groundwork with this for a while. It's not out of the blue. It's not out of the blue. It's not out of the blue. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not happy that they ran down this yeah. this corridor. Uh, yeah. But yeah. it's not out of the blue. Yeah. They've been laying the groundwork for something. I'm not sure I they wish they They could have dropped went... all that groundwork for something else if they wanted to. Yes, we're definitely going to... I wish they tunneled into different ground. Yeah, yeah like they... we're, we're, we're going to... We're definitely going to unpack that in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the final thing in the episode, Wayun's like, "Well, he Cisco really fucked up this place before he left, and nothing works. Everything of value has been destroyed." And that they knew. And I love that Wayun. I love that's that's what I like about shows with smart people written smartly is that they make these things, but the people know they're going to do them. You still have to blow up the computers. But Wayun's first thing was like, he blew up the computers, didn't he? Like, like you'd have been a fucking idiot if he didn't blow up the computers. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like, I would have lost respect for him if he didn't blow up the computers. Like, I like, because that's how real life is. Everybody knows what everybody's going to do as a counterplay, you know. Right. But he's also like, pissed because, like, we can't get the minefields taken down and the the cause like i'll take care of it don't worry yeah and i mean like the dealer at the blackjack table is like are you hitting on 17 like everybody knows what everybody's going to do yeah yeah but um yeah so i like that and then there's the baseball the baseball saying so it's a message is this the first time that it's really sort of calcified as having meaning is this scene where he's like, "This is a message," right? He's telling me I'm gonna, I'm coming. He's coming back. Yeah, and I, you know, so then the baseball becomes a, a symbol of Cisco's. It it has been a symbol of of Cisco's whimsy, right, or, right. or personal passions, but now it's a symbol of his, uh, you know, his his tenacity and his uh, sort of uh, roots on Deep Space yeah, Nine. Yeah, so. I like that. Me too. Good shit, man. This is good. This is good Star Trek. This is a great episode. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep, and uh, I I love this, and um, I I don't hate this, and I like good episodes, guys. I do, <laughs> I do. Yes, thank God, because again, I was like, man, 
you, you had me going <laughs> way too long and I, and, and, and go at the end of this podcast. I'm, I feel, can you see the egg on my face? I feel like done, dumb son of a, <laughs> well, you do. I was kidding. I mean, I called so. up, I mean, I watched it again. I was like, okay, he's gaslighting me. Yes. Son of, I don't, yes. I, do, I do not. I'm not that much of a mystery to everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. No, this is everything you love. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Um, I do. I, I think by the end of the show, I ended up liking Robert Hewitt Wolf, and but I I can't say the show goes downhill without him. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, like I guess maybe you can say he built a good, he helped build a good ship, and now that ship is sailing. Why did he leave again? I don't mean to prolong this episode anymore. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Like I think he wanted. To, I mean, like he ended up. Like he didn't really get another real job again until like. The Dresden Files. I mean, when did he do Andromeda? But that oh, that's what he he was that after because yeah. that was like that's what he did because he that's got to he be did. showrunner on that. But that was like a shit show. He has nothing good to say about his time on that. Hey, hey, hey! Let's not badmouth the entire work of Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, you know Kevin Sorbo has never made a bad thing, right? I haven't watched him in a few. I can't years. wait till that Roe versus Wade movie comes out. You're right. <laughs> He was one of those that didn't quit this weekend <laughs> right. when they finally got the script. Everybody at Corbin Burns, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, ha- I want to work again in Hollywood. I don't want to be Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> I saw Kelsey Grammer in on Broadway like a year ago playing Captain Hook. Oh, in what? And that returned to never. Oh, yeah, some. Whoa. Yeah. How did you get a friend of mine? A friend of mine gave me free tickets. Wade. I had free tickets. Oh, okay. I didn't pay for free it. tickets. He didn't pay for it. He didn't. <laughs> it was pay a Broadway for it. show. You were just hoping. You were, you just went just to see if he would bite it on stage. That, that was your yeah, whole thing. I was hoping just walk off stage. Just. <laughs> I wish he just. Yeah. Pulled Adele the fuck. He spent on a long time with Hans Bimler creating a show called Scarlet that didn't get picked up. Okay. Um, he tried to write a... He's had a script about Cortez in his back pocket forever. It was optioned by Lopi Cunningham and never got made. Uh, um, and then that... He's been posting every a page a day of a script he wrote on Twitter that never got picked up for a pilot. Yeah, I, I maybe he's got, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, but he's he's constantly working, but he's never really quite, like rose above what he was on Deep Space Nine. I mean, I guess he was the showrunner of the 4400, right? No? Was he? That was no. that was Bayer. I mean, I think he's got a pretty... He, he's really... He enjoys working on... Um, they developed the Dresden Files, but based off those... Those books. They're, Jim, yeah. Which were really popular when I lived in Columbia, Missouri, because he lived an hour outside of Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Jim Butcher. Yeah. So everybody was, like, big on his People, shit, people love but, those books. <sighs> Anyways... We've gone long. I'll never read yeah, it. Yeah, I, I probably won't. Yes, no, this is uh, super good, and uh, it, uh, I dare say, gets better from here. All right, guys, on your rewatch meter, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, no. This that is a, a 10, 10 all across the board. We really don't yeah. have to say much about that other than <laughs> than that. Um, yes. What do you guys want to guess on the IMDb, or did you look, or what? Uh, uh. 8.4. That's too high this shit but i wish it wasn't that's not bad there are several nines i okay. i'm 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 gonna go 8.6 i'm gonna take the i'm gonna insurance the upper end it is actually 9.0 guys oh good good on that we're giving you we have we are not giving them credit enough yeah, yeah. yeah this was but now that i think about it this was a crowd pleaser all around yeah. like people like war shit and 
you know, yeah, it like, had action. It, you go into the match. It had action. It had like romance. Shows where they go to the for the ladies. No, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it had a little bit of everything, but people like starch when Star Trek hits the mattresses. And yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. Nine, figuratively, not literally. Nine hundred and forty-nine uh, votes. Wow, which, oh, almost wow. a thousand votes. That's uh, this is a lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot chiming in just for this episode. Uh, uh, Ronald D. E. Moore did call it better than Best of Both Worlds as a series finale, as a se- season finale for Star Trek. I'll go with that. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would have to say this is one hell of a season finale. Yeah, oh yeah, I would say would you say it's better than best of both worlds? Maybe. I mean, it's hard to beat like Riker saying fire on on It's up there on Picard. Lucutus yeah. is kind of that moment might be higher than this episode got. But in Toto, I might put this episode, but it's hard to beat that moment as far as like you know what? big Star Trek moments. I'll have an answer for you next week because I'll watch Best of Both Worlds and compare them That's and then I'll yeah. and then I'll I'll take the Best of Both Worlds called Arms Challenge. All right. And compare the two. <laughs> I will. I, okay. It's been a long time since I've watched yeah, it. Yeah. So. Uh we can put that challenge out to listeners too. Yeah. Come at us. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, that's an interesting, like, what is best? Like, those two, yeah. Let what is best the... in life? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let us know on the pot- Patreon. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, all right. let's outro this bad boy. Okay, put yeah. this thing to... Yeah, all right. So let us know on the Patreon. Take the Call to Arms Best of Both Worlds Challenge, and uh, you can look us up on Patreon and the Discord at patreon.com slash kickersofelves for patrons and do all that and check out all the other audio content that we have there. Oh, but also even if you're not, uh, not everybody can afford to give us money. That's fine. You can also, you know, help support the show, tell your friends, or if you want to give us feedback, you can give us a call and we might use it on a podcast. You don't have to pay for that. Uh, though if you do, we might, you know, you can bribe us to get on the show. Sure. Now <laughs> it probably won't work. No, you'll get on anyways. Anyways, give us a call. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Give us a call at 917-408-3898 and give us all your thoughts about things this episode and whatnot. You can do that. Uh, Yeah, that, the Patreon, do all the other stuff that every other podcast asks you to do. But, like, do it, (laughs) I guess. All right. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to the Rules of Acquisition for another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We hope you join us next week as we have another episode, probably a White Album episode, or we'll have an in-between episode. We're not going to quite jump into it. We're going to do something. So just come back. Oh, right. I forgot all about White Albums. Yes. Where we will create like a Beatles White Album, cut it down to a single album and instead of a bloated double album. So... Whatever episodes we're going to cut from this season, we'll let you know. Yes. All right. Well, sorry. Uh, no, for Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. He's letting me know he'll be back. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you. The number is 917-408-3898 That number again is 917-408-3898 You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are That is great 
These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong, so feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that, again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.